if you didn't think I was gonna immediately go, yeah, no, I figured to this, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, PJ letting us inside. I don't know some vulnerabilities. Some. Just, I don't even know if it's really that. No, I mean you're you're doing some introspection, right? Like you're, sure, you're going inside and and you are sharing with us some things that you know most people may think, but keep to themselves you you decided in a moment of openness and uh-huh but like i said vulnerability i guess yeah to let us inside where you're at so i mean this is a a family show <laughs> and i don't mean that by like what we talk about is family friendly i mean like we're all a family of course family of a show maybe i should say but it, it, so i mean let's good point let's talk about it no so uh, i honestly um, <laughs> it's one of these things that I always think is like, you know, it pops into your head and you're ever like, does anyone else have these thoughts or is it just me being insane? Okay. Um, so I normally, I feel like a lot of people when they get those awkward moments, don't like talking about it or don't like bringing it up. I like having those conversations because, you know, maybe you learn something. Maybe it's funny. Maybe it makes people uncomfortable. No matter what it is. You're going to get some sort of reaction. So, anyway, I walked in today. The first thing I asked you in studio was, like, if you or Kevin ever think this way or kind of have this realization or think this way because you're taller than I am by quite a wide margin, so was Kevin. So, as a short person. Okay. Short king. We've already established this. Sure. As a shorter guy, five five and a half. No, I'm five five. So sometimes, even if it's somewhere you've been a million times, like this studio, like something's just a little off kilter. Something makes you realize it and think about it. And I, I did. I just I walked up to the desk that we have here, which is kind of a a high desk. Okay. I, I guess is how you would describe it with the mics attached to it and everything. Mike was a little lower than normal, kind of adjust the mic a little bit, kind of looked around. Both you and Kevin were standing up. So I, I don't know. I, like, put my arms up on the table and I lean over like I always do, and I just, like, had the realization of just, like, man, I really am this short. Like, it's not, like, there's, like, <laughs> normally, normally I just walk in and it's fine, it's whatever. But, like, I don't know. For some reason today, I was, like, I was like, I don't know. Like, this thing is like chest on me. It's like waist on you guys. Like, man, I, I am I'm a small individual. <laughs> it is what it is. Here's my question. <laughs> you don't have that same thought every morning when you get into your truck and afternoon? <laughs> no, because you just hop in, whatever. No, <laughs> you, you hop in. <laughs> it's fine. And I love, I, like I, said, I love you. This is a very a moment of vulnerability. You letting us in your insecurities into your thoughts, where that microphone's way up here, <laughs> and you're just kind of looking up at it. I did have a thing for some reason. Uh, yeah, it's funny you bring up my truck. It, I did have a thing that where it was like I don't. There's not a step or anything. No, PJ so hops out of his truck. Yeah, it's not even like it's actually kind of fun. Not gonna lie. So like, <laughs> anyway. And it's not a very high truck either. It's not like I went and I was like, I need a huge lifted truck because I'm short. Like, no, it's a normal size truck. I'm just short. 
and have tiny legs. So it is what it is. Um, but there was like an instance when I first got it, I was self-conscious of it. I was insecure about it. And I was like, you know what? There's no step, but I'm not going to use the handle either when I climb in. I'm just going to climb in to show everyone who's watching me that I can just climb into my truck. And then yeah. I thought about it for a second, probably a week in, and I was like, first of all, what the hell? Second of all, no one's watching you get in your truck. They don't care, man. Third of all, it's so much easier with the handle. So, like, yeah, anyway, I just started using the handle. But, sure, that was another thing that I was like, yes, I was very, uh, what's the word, aware of how short I was when I started What's getting in and out of my truck, for sure. It's probably just when you're standing near something that is normal size for other people. Or even, like, that's the crazy thing, right? Is I think everyone gets that. Like, when you're standing next to a skyscraper or something crazy tall, like, everyone gets that feeling. I was about to say, I think that's a relative thing. I don't think that's just for sure. people under six feet. I get that feeling... When you guys are standing near something that's like your size, so it is what it is. When we can reach and like up all on my the top friends shelf. are tall too. It's uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Like my best friend's like six three, which isn't tall for well, a lot. Well, you know of people, they say surround yourself with people that you want to be like. I don't care about being tall. It's just like you just realize it, it and it's kind of funny sometimes. Like I laugh at myself. We laugh at you too, big guy. I, I laugh at myself all the time. We, la- we laugh at you too. If you can't joke about yourself, then like, what are you doing? I'm just, just kidding. I love you. And no, I, don't I, care. I know that. I don't that. care I know about that. your height. You're well, that's a- why like, I'd get annoyed and aggravated if you know, I felt like any of this was hostile from you. Like, uh, I know it's just we're all laughing here, including me. Like, I, I can laugh at myself a lot. The only time I see PJ get angry is when he's trying to tell a story like what's happening earlier. And like, PJ was literally trying to do this, and Kevin just barges in. Yeah, dude, non sequitur. Sure. Man, it's hot outside. Yeah, it's like, and it's, and it's not like he couldn't hear me or whatever. Like he's just standing there. He was just around the Kevin corner. There's no PJ way he didn't hear me. In conversations, me. at least three times a day, uh, and it's one of the bigger traditions that we have. It's not an obscurely Kevin thing, though. It happens all the time, and I don't know why. It's just it's a thing. Well, I guess you should uh, just keep your stories a little bit shorter. It has nothing to do with that. But I was just trying to get a short joke in that there. That was a pretty uh, good short joke because it's true, too. Speaking of yeah. traditions, we covered that yesterday. Speaking of traditions and yesterday, we were talking about Blue Bloods in college football yesterday, <laughs> right? Uh, and right. I have determined. Oh, Blue Bloods of college. Let me turn this around. Uh-oh. There we go. Uh-oh. PJ with the Penn State mug. I'm just kidding. I don't know yeah. after what I say if that's going to be true or not. Uh, I think we came to the consensus yesterday that we have to move – the barometer, the the cutoff of what you can count in your history to be a blue blood. So the perfect example is Michigan, right? Yes. They have 11 national championships in their history. Go big blue. Sure. Right? No, they have that. That's true. Go to the Wikipedia page. You're right. Those Wolverines have won 11 national championships. Yep. Yep. How many have they won since 1950? a good question. I feel like a lot of people won't know. You don't have to count very high. No, you don't. And I want to make sure I'm right here because I see they're 1950 or 1960. So as I scramble to the Wikipedia page. It is one or the other. I think there might have been yeah, one in the 1950s. 1950. No, it correct. is the 50s. I am, the, I am correct. Wow. You know how many they've won since 1950? Oh, I know good and well. 
Tell me. One. Correct. In the 90s. Yes. Their last national championship and prior to 1997 was 1948. <laughs> Literally, like, right after World War II. 1948, PJ. We all treat them like they won it last year. It's ridiculous. And I know, I know you have more hate in your heart for Michigan than anyone here. Always, yeah. But that being said, so this is just the perfect example. Michigan, a blue blood of college football. Yeah. Are they? <laughs> Which college football are you talking about? Again, yeah. The one without face masks? For sure. Yeah, right? It's like everyone is 11-man foot. It looked yeah. more like rugby than, than football. Like, yeah. Now, am I saying don't count national championships and don't we should forget about the history of college football and all that? No, I'm talking about a specific term, blue blood, right? The the ones you think back and you're like, they, these are the standard, I guess is the best way to put it, of college football. Yeah. Right? These programs are, are what it means to be great in college football. Michigan was what it meant to be great almost 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Almost o- over, yeah. like, if you're talking about their first championships – a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago. Correct. So, <laughs> I think the cutoff that I've come to is 1970. Okay. And there's a big reason behind this. Yeah. 1970, and then there was, I think, like six teams, including like Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and some other ones uh, that took a little bit longer than. But 1970, pretty much every school in America, inside of college football was allowing black people to play college football. Right. And so when we're talking about the history of college football, I think that demographic has had a pretty big impact yep. on the game. Yep. So since they have come in and taken over a, around the country and won Heisman trophies and quarterbacks have led teams to national championships and have filled out rosters, right, I, I think that's probably a good cutoff. Like once everybody was allowed to play, okay, now let's determine who's yeah. really the best. Right, right. I think that's a very good point. So, yeah. now let's go back and look at some of the teams that people call Blue Bloods because there's one on there, and Kevin was like, yeah, we could probably get rid of them yesterday. I'm not trying to call you out, Kevin. Calm down. But he's like, hey, we could throw them out. And I'm like, I'm not so quick to do it. I want to start with Nebraska. Okay, all right. Have they been relevant lately? No. No. Not at all. Been pretty bad. Very bad. But if we're making the cutoff, and you agreed to it, if we're making the cutoff 1970, they have been exceptionally good since then. I know, again, we're coming out of a team that you you don't love. But 1970, 1971, 1994, 1995, 1997 national champions. Did they rip one of those away from your... Nittany Lions, well, sure, but they still had an incredible year. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't hold any grudges or, or take um, take anything away from them there, especially when, like, like you said yesterday, like we talked about, that's not the only barometer for a blue blood, right? It, it's not only national championships. Do national championships certainly help your cause? Yes, of course, but that's not it. But sure, yeah, one one in there that's a little controversial to me. Sure, uh, perfectly fine. Here's an interesting one, because I'm gonna I'm saying Nebraska, still if we're making that the history blue blood, 
Are, are, is that wall that gets – I'm going to – I think the wall should move every year. So if the cutoff this year is 1970, then next year it should be 71, 72, 73. I think, I think it should move. I think that's a good enough gap. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I, yeah. To where you're staying relevant in, in the way the sport's moving, right? Sure. Here's one that I think is pretty questionable. I'm just going to put it out there to you. Notre Dame. And it's questionable? They have three in that time span. 89, 93, 2012. Yeah. Right. Oh, excuse me. Those are unclaimed. That's, that's yeah. unclaimed. Sorry. Hold we on. were talking about this yesterday. That was the unclaimed. Sorry. <laughs> I was I'm, like, wait, they went undefeated in 2012. Some weirdo but... named the Notre Dame team. They got smacked by Alabama in 2012, the national champion. Like yeah, a, right. a, a published publication. Yeah. <laughs> named them national champions. They won Excuse that me. UCF national championship. 73, yeah. 77, 88. You're shaking your head. No, I was shaking my head thinking about the national championship yes. thing. Um, uh, Notre Dame's an interesting topic, but I'd say what's amazing about them is, like, not only have, sure, they won those national championships. It's been a long time since they've won a national championship, sure. But... I would argue, like, if you're going to make Nebraska a part of the Blue Bloods because of their championships that they have won, Notre Dame's been a lot more relevant and have won a lot more games in the span of time and, and have just been in the thick of things, right? That's the other side of this sure. whole thing. Do, do you have to win 11 games a year? Maybe not. Do you have to be I in the thick of to, all of this? I think sure. for like the period, you have to be of that time. You have to be culturally relevant. I feel like they I think have like, been. I think like Nebraska dominated for like in the, in the nineties. Nebraska was that was the decade of Nebraska. This is another point for me though. Is like to to be a blue blood. It's like a lot of programs during the time, during the span of nineteen seventy to now, have had a solid ten years, have had yeah. an incredible ten years, and then have completely dropped off, or were completely dropped off before that. So. To me, it's like it's like being relevant over the whole span of time. That's why I think uh, and, and you're I think relevant because you're Notre Dame. You're the cat. You're you're the Catholic school. You have you have fans all over the country because of that. Right. And you've done a really good job of maintaining. I think that prowess. I know a lot of people are like clamoring for them to join a conference. I think they've done the right thing. And I think eventually, potentially, you could see teams like USC move away from a conference and become an independent. Well, as like much them? as I, it's a, what's yeah. crazy is as much as I hate it, and as much as I'm one of the guys, it's like they should probably be in the Big Ten yeah. or or the ACC, one or the other. Like, why? That's what makes it so great. Yeah. Is like that means they're doing their job. It, like me saying I think they should be in a conference means they're doing their job of not being in a conference. I would agree, and I think they're just they're so relevant. <laughs> but just the fact that they haven't won a national championship since '88. And every time they get there, and there's been some questionable reasons that they've like gotten into the college football playoff, they just get absolutely smacked. Yeah. Sure. I. I don't know if it's sure. Like I just, it's, it's just never no. Close. Like I agree. Yeah. I, like I agree with that. I just this whole time in my mind now I'm comparing them to Nebraska, right? Because they're the two people we've talked about so far. Like I'm, I'm just like top of your head. What's the biggest win uh, Notre Dame's had in the last twenty years? Because every is, everything I think is them yeah. losing. It's it's them losing, and the, probably the the biggest wins they've had is like a regular season win against Miami, a couple years ago, 
No, when they they just yeah, smacked them. Like, right? but, but again, like, what is Miami recently? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think they had like a a few years ago they beat like Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl or something. But even then, that was a that was a New Year's yeah. Six bowl that wasn't a playoff game by any means. So I mean, you're you're right about that for sure. Um, but well, anyway, I'm thinking back, like, I'm thinking like the push there. push, like that's a USC win. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that was also forever ago. Uh, and like I'm thinking about their when they get to the playoffs and win that. And like maybe their most, their biggest recent win is over Clemson, in South Bend, but Trevor Lawrence was out. True. And it was COVID. Yeah, that, that was a pretty monstrous win. Yep, you're right there. In overtime. But um, I mean, but like again, without the team's without, starting quarterback, yeah, and then that, then Lawrence. they played that team with the team starting quarterback at the end of the year and just got absolutely smacked. Yep. So, blue blood or not blue blood? It's difficult. Determination. I, I, would, I would call them a blue blood, even in that, because they're there. Yeah. Like, they're still there, at least. And I think that's the main thing. Is like, do you win championships? Is your program consistently in the thick of things? And, of course, do you have that his, history and tradition kind of tied to you as well? I feel like Notre Dame's still... Still there, or at least has been. Sure. Are they moving in the wrong? I don't know. They might not be. Okay, Alabama's but, obviously a blue blood. Like yeah, I think that's sure. without question, right? Uh, the bluest of the bloods. Yeah. I think LSU, we can put them in there over the last 20 years. They've been unbelievable. Three national championships. Maybe the best team ever in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the only thing that holds them back from people recognizing just how good they've been is the fact that they're in the same division as Alabama. True. Well, especially right now. Yeah. They're, they're, mm, that's another team that's just hard for me because it's like, where the, the, like you're right, the past 15 years have been insane, and I think that gets undermined because of how good Alabama's been. Yeah. But they were kind of nowhere for the 30 years before that. So I just don't know. Like, does that take away from you a little bit? All right, here's, here's, like the, here's one for you. Georgia. Georgia is very difficult. Two national me. championships in that time period. Because have like played for another. I know we're calling it back to another show. But probably like, should have played for a few more. To call it back to, to Kevin yesterday, he... He didn't choose them as blue blood. Well, I mean, put the target back. Kevin on him. doesn't like Georgia. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I, and, and you kind of bookend it too, right? With the cha- with the championships, you have the championships in mm-hmm. you know the championship in in the eighties, and then of course you have the championship last year. I would say the biggest thing that would keep me away from potentially saying Georgia's a blue blood because like once you get to two thousand, it's. 13 wins, 11 wins, 10 wins, 10 wins, 9 wins, 11, 10, 8. There's a 6 in there. Uh, 2010, that was rough, but 10, 12, 8, 10, 10, 8, 13, 11, 12, 8. And that in that last 8, you only played 10 games, yeah. right? And then last year, 14, national champion. The 90s, Georgia was kind of mid. Right. Like, Georgia wasn't good. Yeah. That was the, the Ray Goff leading into the Jim Donnan era. Whole lot of 6, 4, Nine, ten, but then five, six, six, five. And obviously, like it's it's the law. I think my argument there it's it's the law of averages, right? Where it, Alabama's great 
is is better, I think, than Georgia's great. But still, like Alabama had had stretches of time in that 50 years that we're talking about that they were kind of the same way. Like, yeah. But then again, their great was like dynasty great, not just I'm going to win a championship for a year and, and see what happens after. Um, I think I would like Georgia's one of the one of the last teams I would I would mark as a blue blood, but I think I would based on like you said, just kind of that consistency over yeah, I mean, a long Alabama, period of time. Because like the eighties, over the last twenty, uh, I should say thirty years, there's some four win seasons in there. Right, right. Yeah. But I think that like Georgia's like the opposite of what I was talking about before. They had a ten, about a ten, fifteen year stretch where they weren't great, like you said, but all of those other years they were in the conversation. They were in the top ten. They were in the top five. They were they were winning, you know, ten to eleven games a year. The last twenty years, Georgia's been in the conversation. Yeah. So I mean, in the early eighties, they were too, right? Yeah. So like, talking about seventies, I'd say early to late eighties. Yeah. So then, yeah, I'd put like, are they fringe? Sure, but I think they're a blue blood. Yes. PJ says yes. Yeah. Let's go. I'd say yes. They're the new kids in the door, but they're they're blue blood. Like the natty got them in. It helped. Like they were knocking. Yeah. And then they were like, all right, oh, we got it. It certainly and helped. Like, like, right, it, can, it was more can. like you were knocking at the door for a while, and then you finally kicked it down, and Are everyone's kicking like... kicking Michigan out for Georgia after the Orange Bowl? I wouldn't have Michigan close, so uh, I don't know. But Michigan's like, dude, my dad went here. Anybody. My dad went here. They kicked Nebraska out to me. They kicked <sighs> Nebraska out. And they're more national championships. All right. Well, PJ hates Nebraska, too. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. If you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, you got kids that are maybe going to, to school that requires some uniforms. Need embroidery done? You need bulk orders? Go see our friend Dave at the Uniform Source. They'll take really good care of you. Again, two locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. PJ. Sir. What's going on? I have a big birthday coming up next week. Oh, no. Yeah. Is it yours? Yeah. Wow. Hitting the big 3-0. Yeah. So your back hurts then. Uh, always. And your joints. Joints are okay. Okay. Back in constant state of array. But that being said, as I'm getting older, these 9 o'clock tips. <laughs> yeah. You're getting rough. Here's the, here's the point, though. I have heard from people that it's harder to stay up for them. For me, the problem isn't so much staying up for them anymore. I can still rock out. Till two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, no problem. It's the then getting out of bed the next day. Yeah, of course. That becomes excruciatingly hard. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Like, no, for I'm I'm right there with you. I, maybe it's because we're like, I don't know. There's there's different reasons, but I know like both of us just generally just stay up late, just kind of all the time. Yeah, like, Bob Seger and, and working have, on our night moves, right? And, yeah. and just kind of have forever, but. So, like, I, I do talk to a lot of people who are like, yeah, man, I'm just once, you know, 9, 10 o'clock rolls around. I'm Hold getting on. tired. I, I'm I ready gotta, to I sleep. I got to do an experiment. Kevin, thumbs up, thumbs down. You have stayed up past 11 in the last two weeks. Oh, it's definitely thumbs up. Thumbs up? Really? Yeah. No, absolutely. Proud of you. See, that's the thing. <laughs> he might, Well, I don't know, actually. So, like, because I guarantee that it's a yes, but he, how many... I'm sure there were times where he fell asleep and then woke up before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before midnight. See, That's a big thumbs up. 
See, that's the thing. It's just because me and Kevin are kind of on the same wavelength with, with, with like the automation and everything. Yeah. We have to. So, like a lot of times when the Braves are are playing near midnight, like we got to make sure that that stuff doesn't get cut off for our listeners, okay. right? So, like, kind of uh, we're peeling the curtain back again. So, there's plenty of times where I'll talk to Kevin at like 11:30 at night and kind of see what's up, and he'll do the same thing for me. And most of the time, it'll be like, "Yeah, man, I just woke up and, okay. and checked it out." So there's a caveat there. <laughs> All right, well, all right, Kevin, thumbs up, thumbs down. You will be <laughs> awake until the end of game six tonight. That's a big thumbs down. Big old thumbs Kevin Thomas is not going to make it. He'll have to catch the highlights uh, the next morning. But, yeah, <laughs> 9 o'clock tip coming up tonight back in Boston. The Warriors looking to close this one out. You think they get it done? Um, uh, in in the in um, Boston? Beantown? The more, like, I want to say yes because I said Warriors in six, and the more I think about the matchups and everything, I, I just, I, my brain is telling me yes. My heart is telling me But, yeah, everything else is like, I think Boston can pull out one more win. I don't think they can win the series. I, I don't think they can win two in a row, especially at Game 7 in Golden State. But I do think something about this team rallies tonight and, and wins Game 6. Okay, I need because we do not have a show tomorrow because True. the Braves are in Chicago. Yes, for a three games set against the Cubs, two twenty first pitch for all three of those. Right. Uh, so no show for us tomorrow. So what I need, PJ, is three picks from you. Okay. Pick number one tonight. Who wins? Boston. Boston wins tonight. Sends yep. it back to San Francisco to the Bay Area for mm-hmm. Game Seven. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because this is relevant for us. Brewers, Mets tonight. Do the Mets try uh, to claw some ground back away from the Braves? Or do the Brew Crew take care of it? Brewers beat them 10-2 to last night. Well, that probably means, I'd say probably the Mets. Like, I know a lot of people want me to say like. This is for the series. Mets took game one, four to nothing. Mets probably going to win. So you're going, Met, you're, going, you're going Boston, Mets, and then. The Braves currently riding a 14-game winning streak, their longest winning streak since 20, or 2000. That's and if insane. they win tomorrow, it will tie for the longest win streak with that 2000 team in the modern era for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Do they get it done tomorrow afternoon? I think they do. I think they do. You know, I know, I know it's the the Cubs and and whatnot and. I think they do though, and they keep the they keep the role going. I Honestly, need some definitive answers. I think they sweep the Cubs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think they sweep the Cubs, and the first loss they'll pick up ending this streak will probably be. Do they play the Giants or or the Dodgers first? I think it's the Giants. Let me go. Let me, hold on. Two I think seconds. they they lose. A game in whatever series that is after you know the this Cubs. You have to schedule all this. Well, I also talked to Kevin yesterday about the Braves, so like that means I just know basically an encyclopedia. Yeah, three game set at Chicago, then they come home for a four game set against the Giants. Yeah, I think they lose one against the Giants. I think that's oh, when yeah, the the streak snaps. But still. But they set the record though. Yeah, they set the record for sure. So PJ going Celtics going all in Mets tonight. Yeah. Braves, in all three. But like, specifically for Friday, going with the Braves. Right. Yeah, yeah. Friday specifically going going with the Braves. And the Mets are like 
this is all Braves, obviously, just going on a streak and playing really well and putting everything together, right? The Mets aren't in full collapse mode. It hasn't happened yet. So I think they win, but it will happen. Yeah, and eventually they're going to get Scherzer and DeGrom back. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is the perfectly Mets thing to do is get them back and then collapse. So you're still betting on the Mets collapse. Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to go with Golden State closing it out tonight. Okay. I think I think they snatched the heart out of Boston. Game six, Clay shows up. Yeah. yeah. I I think I think Boston's done. I think Golden State gets it done tonight. I'm going with the Brew Crew. Okay. To get it done against the Mets. Keeping the keeping the. And we got little Charlie rolling. Charlie Morton on the mound tomorrow. Yeah. That worries me. My man typically doesn't do great with early starts. But this lineup is mashing right now. Yeah. And it's going to be during the daytime. In the summer, that ball is going to be flying. Mm-hmm. Braves mashing right now. I think they get it done. So, I'll go. I'll go. Warriors, Brewers, Braves. I like it. Sounds sounds good for the Braves. You know what else sounds good right now? Everything. Quick. Uh, there, quick there's break. a lot of different things. Quick break. Okay. Yeah. We're going to come fun. back. <laughs> what are you smirking at? Uh, just now, I'm thinking of all the different things that sound good. Because I answered with a lot of things. A lot of things sound good right now. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more. This is Second Down (laughs) on ESPN Radio. Just a quick PSA to everyone out there listening. Sunday, Father's Day. What? What is... What? Also Juneteenth. I'm just kidding. Coming up on Sunday as well. Yeah. But specific to this segment here, Father's Day. Mm -hmm. Coming up on Sunday. So the PSA there being... If you haven't already went out and bought that brand spanking new pair of white New Balances, or what is it, the white Air Monarchs? Yeah, right. Do you, you uh, what? sorry. Go ahead. Do you watch those TikToks of that, that one guy that's like, he's yeah, always, no, I know, I know, there's a lot of guys, but <laughs> he always is doing like the joking TikToks with his dad. Like he, like, there's there's one where a lot like of those two. oh really yeah I, th- there's like one dude who's just it's always it's it's all about him like graduating into daddom and like his oh, his dad yeah. like delivers him the uh, yeah 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 anyway it's his a dad's cool like one. slowly like nodding at him as yeah he starts right become, yep, apparently yep. there's like a spot like yeah. they did a sponsored one like a couple days ago where they get he like built his dad a whole bunch of new um like back what is it? Backyard, like patio stuff and a new grill and all, well, all whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it's just funny. He's like, I'm going to Home Depot and I'm definitely going to buy something. And of course, he doesn't come back with anything. Just checking those prices, you know? Checking those so, prices. Anyway, just walking. I, cool. I will walk through Home Depot for an hour without buying anything. Uh, I know. That, we've done it. Yeah. That means, no, we bought <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, that was a different story. We bought things. Uh, that being said, <laughs> Father's Day coming up. And so I have a. Very important question to ask you, PJ. Okay. Because usually around this time every year is when Lane Kiffin gets on Photoshop or one of Lane Kiffin's assistants gets on Photoshop, and they will uh, take an image of Kirby Smart, put him on a uh, on like a baby that is being held by a father, and then the strong arms of Nick Saban, right? And then post those. Obviously, Georgia is the defending national champion. And who they beat? just beat yeah. Alabama in the national championship. Mm-hmm. My question to you is this: 
Interesting. Is Kirby Smart, or is Nick Saban, excuse me, still Kirby Smart's dad? Um, I, oh. I don't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's like a proud papa right now. It's like the first time. It's like the first time your kid actually beats you playing pickup basketball. That's Except, amazing that that's where you went with that because that's exactly college, where I went with really? that. Really? Yeah. It's like the it's like the college football playoff. It's crazy that we're demeaning it to that level, but yeah, uh, it's like no, I was I was actually trying, son, and you you beat me that time. That's amazing. Now let's see if you can do it again. I mean, that's kind of where, so, where like where I'm at. So like, yeah, he's still because if you look at just you know the the upbringing. <laughs> And how everything's panned out, and of course the five or six years of Alabama dominance. Sure. And like it, I shouldn't say Alabama dominance because that's been happening for a long time. Yep. Nick Saban over Kirby Smart yeah. dominance, and now you have that reversing a little bit. But you did it once, sure. You need to do it a few more times to be able to completely take off the "I'm I'm your dad" uh, label. You know what I mean? I just feel like it has to be more consistent. So they played for the SEC championship twice, 2018 and 2021, right? Alabama took both of those games. Yep. They played in the regular season during the COVID year. Close game. Georgia leading a half. Sure. Alabama came out, smoked him in the second half. Mm-hmm. Took that one as well, right? 2017 national championship. Alabama took that one. But when you look at that, right, uh, prior to the national championship, and this is from Ross Dellinger, they had played a total of 240 minutes of football. Georgia had either led or been tied for 171 of those. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you where it's you go out there, you're playing your dad, you think you're ready to beat him, you think you're ready. He's still using that because he can't move great anymore. He's still <laughs> using the hook shot because mm-hmm. he's just a little bit taller than you. Right? Because you're still, you're, you want to take him out, but he's yeah. just got that size and he's got that man strength on you. And you're more athletic, you're more agile, but he just doesn't move more than like four or five feet away from the hoop the entire time. Swats anything you try to bring in there. Yep. And then nothing athletic about it, just hook shot. Hook shot. Hook shot. Mm-hmm. And you can you could score every now and then because he's not going to come out there. And if you can hit a shot, that's yours. But just he's gonna let you take those because he knows he's gonna get that board, and there's nothing you can do for that hook shot, yep. right? That was Nick Saban this entire time, and finally, finally, one of Dad's Achilles popped like <laughs> two days before you played, or the last time you played, one right. of the Achilles popped, and then while you were playing, his hamstring went out on his right side, and even with that, his strategy didn't change too much, but you were able to pull it out. Because he wasn't really able to score because his two best weapons were injured. Yeah. But still, that's part of the game. True. And he stepped out there and played. And you got him. Yep. Yep. Here's the thing. He's still your dad. Yep. That is incredible. That, like, all of that is not even exaggerated. No. Like, it's just it's just true. Yeah. And no, I'm I'm right there with you. And sure, there's there's plenty that that can argue. I think that's the crazy thing about this rivalry and about this kind of streak that's that's been going. 
uh, back and forth. Thing is, really I don't even know that forth, it's a rivalry. Right. Um, I think Georgia fans may be considered a rivalry because like Alabama lives in their head so much because that's the mountaintop that you had to overcome. Right. And like even still, with a national championship, they're like, yeah, well, we beat the hell out of you in the in the SEC championship. Yeah. And if Mechie and Williams don't get hurt, is it the same story? Sure. So... I just didn't know what else to call it, I guess. Because, like you said, like if Alabama considers Georgia a rival, then they consider Ohio State a rival, then they consider Clemson a rival. Why? Because they're always there. You know what I mean? So, so, rivalry is the wrong word. Um, But just the way this has gone back, I can hear arguments, at least, of of people saying, like you brought up, man, Georgia's been right there the whole time. It's not like every game they've been in, they got beat by 40 with Alabama. They've had leads. There have been times where it looks like they're they're dominating it and gonna gonna sail away, and like you said, it's like being up seven to two in a pickup game of basketball against your pop. He starts going to his go-to move, and you just can't go. You end up losing eleven to eight because that's just how it works. If he starts fouling you, and yeah, you're not traveling. Gonna, yeah, but you can't call. You're not it gonna call. Yeah, it's your dad. And like even if you bring it up, he's like, oh, you're gonna start. You're gonna start uh-huh. with that now. Oh. Oh, okay. And then you just get <laughs> mad because he lives inside your head. True. So, yeah, I think I think Kirby Smart still has to send Nick Saban a happy I, Father's Day card. That first step, yeah, yeah, that first step has been taken. But there's there's a hole you're in. you got to crawl out now, of Now, the first That's time. That's not one step. The first time, and I don't know this will ever happen, but the first time Georgia goes out there and, like, smacks Alabama, then maybe it's a different story. Yeah, agreed. But I don't know that that's ever going to happen. Nick Saban doesn't typically get smacked. Right. Yeah. Takes Clemson doing it. True. With a historic team. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like just with the way the game was going, like the way the tone of the game was going, especially in that second half, there were moments to me where it felt like Georgia was running away with a national championship, but Alabama was still right there. I can guarantee you for any Georgia fan, it never felt like that. No, I'm sure. Until that thing hit triple zeros, even after Keely Ringo's pick six. Yeah. Until that thing hit triple zeros, there there was a lot of people holding their breath. That's understandable. Yeah. That being said, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Including Nick Saban. He he gets he gets happy Father's Day from a lot of people. Yeah. Even though, I don't know if Jimbo's going to send him one. Probably not. <laughs> you might be holding out on that one. Let's Jimbo's take a break. Like the mad middle child right now. Correct. We'll come <laughs> back. We'll get you ready for three and out next right here on ESPN Radio. Three and out coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. Myself filling in for Ben Troop. Be hanging out with Kevin Thomas for the next three hours here on your radio dial. So don't don't go anywhere. Good luck. I mean <laughs> it. You get home. You're, you're ready to go inside. I'm just kidding. See the family? It doesn't matter. I just told you don't go anywhere. Don't don't you do it. And if you're gonna do it, don't you dare. You go to ESPNCoastal.com, you turn on the live stream, and you take us with you. Big plans for the Father's Day weekend, PJ? No. <laughs> Damn, your poor dad. No, uh, actually it's kind of weird. My dad is in Pennsylvania right now with, with my mom, uh, seeing the grandchildren and whatnot, seeing my nephews. Um, they will be driving back from Pennsylvania on Sunday. So it's kind of weird. Normally I, I actually, it's kind of a Zuko tradition, uh, always cook breakfast for Mother's and Father's Day for the respective parents. And uh, this year, you know, won't be doing that. What's the go-to plate for Dad so, for breakfast? 
Oh, I always go like pancakes for both of them. Uh, I go uh, pancakes, eggs, bacon, coffee. It depends on what I'm feeling. Might throw in, you know, something else every now and then. But th- those are kind of the staples. Pancakes, eggs, bacon, coffee. How much of that can Mario put down? Oh, all of it, yeah. No, no, I'm talking like how much, like poundage-wise. Of just all yeah, of that yeah, breakfast? Yeah, yeah. Oh, probably three or four pounds. Same cool. here, yeah, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Oh, not just waff- not just pancakes, chocolate chip pancakes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, uh, might be coming to PJ's house for uh, Father's Day coming up. Three and out coming up next. Myself and Kevin Thomas. See you on the other side of the break. You're not my dad, so.